Hello, friends, and welcome to Monday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. We have actually pressed record for this one, which is a tremendous start. That, friends, was a little video and audio. If you are watching, you saw a video as well. A little tribute to Caden Jackson there, whose career, of course, has gone from being over in a casket to just like the dead man himself, The Undertaker, coming right back with a vengeance. And obviously, we're going to talk about that in depth today. I'm Mark Keith. I'm your host. And with me, three of my fellow kings, one very red-faced Roscoe, um rossi you put together that lovely little video and we said right let's start the show you start playing it and i was screaming you've not pressed record ross <laughs> so yeah. there you go um thanks for doing that you're in a lovely little setting today very scenic how are you i'm very well yeah i'm on a little retreat um but that, that little intro there was a bit of throwback to back in the studio times where i used to always forget to record and <laughs> um I, just, I had to stop here and go this has been a great show so far but um the record button's not here, so we've got to do that all again. Yeah, at least we didn't get half an hour in, as we used to uh, yes. in, in the good old days. Um, Mike Bacon, I'm going to come to you next, because I'm betting you were pretty baffled by that video. Uh, are you familiar with that? The uh, the Undertaker, the wrestler, his very famous, iconic theme tune? Well, no, I'm not, actually. It sounded like sort of music I hear when I go to my Chinese restaurant on a, on a Saturday night. It was sort of in the background. Um, it was... I, I haven't heard that before. I, know, I have heard of The Undertaker, to be fair. I mean, he's... Um, He's quite a, a very strange looking chap, isn't he? Very sort of dresses very odd and scares kids <laughs> and things. And yeah. um yeah, so yeah, but I liked it. Um very very good, Ross. And and when you pressed record, it's even better. So well done. <laughs> I think the Undertaker is about 75 now, isn't he, Ross? He's been around forever. Um, I think his knees are totally gone now. Yeah, he's retired now. He's he's officially made that statement that he's done. He's actually been put in the Hall of Fame. Just a little fact there for you. Fun fact Has of the he? day. Excellent. So Someone who would be in any Hall of Fame, KOA-wise, is obviously Stewie the Doctor Watson. Stewie, did you enjoy that little uh, musical interlude at the start? Did you know what was going on? Uh, I did, yeah. Uh, I'm not a wrestling man. It's not for me, but um, I'm, I'm aware of The Undertaker. <laughs> I am aware of him. I don't particularly like him. There we go. But you don't have to be a wrestling fan. There are some wrestlers, and obviously a lot of people have very, very strong opinions about wrestling. Um but there are some wrestlers who kind of cross that divide into pop culture, don't they? Obviously, The Rock being number one in terms of now being the biggest movie star in the world. And The Undertaker certainly is one of those as well. Stone Cold Steve. Anyway, this isn't is a wrestling show. Is The Ultimate Warrior still going? No, he uh, he's sadly not with us. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mick McManus was my favourite. Uh, he was... Okay. Uh, he was, a, he was a fantastic wrestler back in the 70s. Old Mick McManus with his little shorts on. But he... he <laughs> He little, little speedos on sort of thing, really little speedos when they're throwing each other around in my back in my day. And um, but he never actually made it into the pop charts. No, I, I was going to say you're probably more of a your era was like Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks and Nagasaki and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, very much. So. Yeah, excellent. As I say, friends, this isn't a wrestling podcast. Don't worry, you've not tuned into the wrong show. This is the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast, and Ipswich Town won again at the weekend. It's getting nicely predictable. I used to refer to things being grimly predictable. This is very nice now. Ipswich Town beat Burton 3-0 at Portman Road, a game you'd expect on paper them to win, but those are the sort of games that Town don't normally win. Um, and we're learning lots as we now hit Kieran McKenna's 10th game in charge. We'll talk about that in due course as well. But in terms of ticking stuff off, Stu, I'm going to come to you first. Um, in terms of ticking stuff off that are very untown-like, they scored early, then they they came through a period of pressure and then they got a second goal and killed the game off quite comfortably in the end, which again is, is not something we're used to seeing at Ipswich Town. It is becoming something we are used to seeing under Kieran McKenna. So do you want to start off with uh, your opening thoughts on this game? And obviously at some point we're going to have to talk about the dead man himself, Caden Jackson. Yes, uh, everything that you've just said, lots of different elements to this game. Um didn't have it all their own way, even though it was ultimately a very comfortable win and it was 3-0, could have been 4-5 more. Um, there was that period in, in the first half where they had to weather a bit of a, a storm, which was um, fitting given the weather we've had over the last few days. But um, we knew Burton were, were a major set-piece threat. We, they were everything that I sort of said in the preview show where they swamp you, they put the ball repeatedly on top of you, they, they then they, they, they force the throw-ins, the corners, the, the free kicks and... Um, but Ipswich, Ipswich came through that test. That used to be their Achilles heel when they came up against the likes of Rotherham and Accrington and physical sides. But since McKenna's come in, they seem to be handling these sort of tests better. And then the quality shows in the second half. As Burton tired, they couldn't keep that intensity up throughout the whole course of the game. And Ipswich put their foot on the ball. The weather subsided. 
and uh, the qual the quality came through, and uh, that man, Caden Jackson, was uh, was the star show, hmm. star of the show, star of the show. Shall we shall we talk a little bit about Caden Jackson then, Stewie? Because clearly he was he was the headline name, um, man of the match by all accounts. Going back to the wrestling theme, you've got Caden Jackson in the ring, Paul Cook, Paul Lambert, double teaming him. They've, they've lobbed him into a casket at the side of the ring, and we think it's done. And then suddenly that music hits, the casket lid flies off and Caden sits up, bolt upright with his eyes rolled back in his head. He runs onto the pitch and is the star man. So what, what do we make of, of Caden Jackson? What do we put this kind of resurgence down to, Stewie? There's some great quotes from after the game about how previous managers have focused on what he can't do rather than what he can do. And he feels like a footballer again under Kieran McKenna. So you, you've seen all 10 games, um, with the exception of Bolton. I think you're away for that one, weren't you? But um, what we've seen from Caden Jackson, we haven't seen before. He's part of a, a, an overarching game plan. It's uh, As he said in his quotes, and as you've just alluded to there, he's, his attributes are being used. Um, football management is about finding ways to get the best out of each player's attributes at League One level, you are going to have weaknesses. Every player is going to have weaknesses. That's why you're playing in the third tier of English football. But it's about hiding those weaknesses the best you can. And Caden has got some of those, but also maximising the strengths. And they're playing to his strengths in the, in the last few games. And um, I think, as McKenna said, in terms of his sort of playing off the last shoulder, his pace, his closing down... He's right up there in terms of the best at, at this level. Mm. Um, so play to that. And that's what Ipswich have done. They did so. Um, I think Wimbledon was the first game that he, he played and then um, sort of took it to another level at MK Dons and has gone up another notch again in, in this game. He was uh, he was an absolute menace with, with his pace. The thing that impressed me the most was that he's added a bit of composure to it as well. Um, mm. it, the, he picked out both the assists fantastically. Um, should have had a hat-trick of assists if Sam Morsi had converted a chance. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just been so nice to see McKenna kind of pick up these players off the scrap heap and, and be able to improve them so quickly. Wolfenden's mm. one example, Jackson's another. Mm. Mike, we've always known that Caden Jackson has electric pace. That's never been in doubt. Um, and sometimes it's been suggested that's, that's pretty much all he has. So what did you see from Caden on, on Saturday that you might... Oh, that's a that's a different wrinkle. That that you know, I'm liking that from Caden more than just the guy is, is incredibly rapid. Confidence. That's what I saw. That's what I saw in a player who's now gaining confidence. Um, Caden Jackson is an easy League One player, easy competent at that level, probably mm -hmm. even higher to be honest. Championship player if he wants to be. Um, he's been managed poorly. Um, and now he's being managed properly. And that's the difference, really. You, you don't suddenly become a poor player overnight. I know these old cliches, but they're, they're, they're facts. Um, what I liked about... I mean, it's funny because he scored after about 43 seconds. And then, as, as Stewie alluded to, Burton had, a, you know, some, some pressure. So, and, and Jackson wasn't actually overly involved for quite a period of that first half. He didn't... And as Burton attacked quite a lot. The second half, he was almost unplayable. I mean... Every, mm. he, he was just building this confidence. He was, I mean, he chased one ball down. He gave some the right back. He must have given him 20 yard start and caught. I mean, it didn't just give him five yards, like a 20 yard start and sprinted almost long. Well, past him, I think. I mean, that is confidence. That is someone who's saying, I'm up for, you know, that's what McKenna has brought. And that is McKenna's Premier League experience of mixing with the Ronaldos of this world, which he has done. You know, you don't talk down to Ronaldo. You don't talk down to Cavani. You don't. You 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 bring things to their game. So he's brought that into Ipswich. Different players, you know, different standards. But mm. he's obviously bringing that in. And and uh, in Jackson, you saw somebody who's being given a chance. Probably had his arm arm put round. You know, McKay put his arm around him, give him a little cuddle. Said, you know, come on, you know, this is you can do this. And and he's done. And that's what I saw. Just a player with complete. Getting more and more, and as the game went on, he just he just got better and better. The, the confidence was just absolutely flowing. Right side, left side. McKenna's got to take a lot of the credit for this. I mean, mm. you, you know, but of course you've got to give Jackson a lot of credit. Yeah, I was going to say, of course he yeah. has. Of course McKenna's got to take some credit. But let's let's not take anything away from Caden himself. It would have been very easy for him to let his head drop, to have sulked, and by all accounts, mm. from what McKenna's telling us, he's um. He's always stayed professional throughout all of this. He's always, I'm sure there's been some really tough days for him 
away from football, but he's, he's someone that's kept plugging away, kept himself in, in this sort of shape as well. Um, yes, a new manager's come along and given him another chance, but he's had to make sure that he was in the right condition and the right mental state to to take this chance when it's come. And, and he's certainly done that. Hmm. Rossi, I think, I think, the, I think the thing is, with, with there's a lot of players get... This has been a fault of a lot of managers over the years. You know, especially old school managers, chuck them in the under 23s, go and train with the reserves. That's old school management. That's 1980 management now, you mm. know. And, but we still had this at Ipswich not too long ago, you know. And yeah, you're, you're right, Stu. I mean, what Jackson's done has shown a tremendous professional attitude, um, which is which is to, to his credit completely. Um, but McKenna has, you know, come in with a very 2022 attitude. And I think that is that's very big. Yeah. Rossi, I just noticed you were sneezing there. Um, I am concerned. At this point, I'm gonna gonna check up on you because you were sat in the rain for for hours. There's a great picture that Steve Wallace sent and I shared on social media of you sat pitch side getting absolutely shat on by the rain, um, mm. looking thoroughly miserable. And and for those who think that what we do is a glamorous job, there's your answer. Um how have you dried out yet, first of all? Uh, have you has your immune system survived any kind of sniffles? I'm assuming you will eventually develop. Uh, and and finally, can you give us your thoughts on the game from what you saw from pitch side? Um, thoughts on the game: wet, wet, wet for the first 20 minutes or so. Um, to be fair, I was already developing sniffles before the game, so I won't blame <laughs> me getting absolutely soaked. But yeah, the first 20 minutes was very bad weather. Um, mm. I, I couldn't even see Kane Jackson's goal because I wasn't really. really I was sort of trying to protect all my equipment. And I looked up and went, oh, back in the net, film the fans. Um, but no, it was um, the first 20 minutes, probably the worst I've ever experienced in terms of just the rain. Um, of course, sensible people, they, they have proper, you know, waterproofs all over. But um, I have a waterproof jacket, but my, my jeans, they roughly move wearing jeans. Yeah, I know. I know. They were, they were soaked through. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's the love of the game in it. You do it, you know, in all weathers, you just enjoy it. But, um, yeah, I didn't, you know, I enjoyed the game. Yeah. I just got very wet. Gee, I mean, jeans are probably one of the worst things you could wear in, in a downpour, I'd, I'd imagine. They, they pretty yeah. much suck the water in, don't they? You must have weighed about three stone extra after the game. Yeah, I do wear two layers. So I do wear some tracksuit bottoms and then I put <clears> jeans on. So, they, yeah, I went through the tracksuit bottoms as well. But, um, and my, my, my trainers got soap and wet. I was just a very wet boy, to be fair. It was, uh, uh, but yeah, luckily it was a good game. Um, normally, when it's that sort of weather, I remember last time we played Burton. Once upon a time, we, we drew nil nil. I think it was bad weather that time, mm. and I just yeah, I was just yeah. But thankfully, we saw goals and it stopped raining in the second half. That was um, I was looking at the clock, and that was probably the longest wait ever into the first you know until half time. I was like, come on! Every time I looked up, I went, oh, so still only fifteen minutes. Oh, it's only gone twenty minutes, but thankfully it stopped raining. Yeah, uh, and an all-star, I must say, after the game, an all-star game day with, with all the big names on, um, minus maybe one or two who live a bit further away, uh, and everyone to a man very, very happy. Stu, so we've talking about we've talked about Caden Jackson there, obviously the kind of standout headline um, from that game. But give us some other stuff from the game that you liked. Who else played well? I know everyone played well, but what else did you like? Yeah, yeah. It's, these these are team performances at the moment. This is a team that is a. Some of its parts are well-oiled machine where everyone sort of knows knows their roles. But I thought Lee Evans ran Caden Jackson very close for man of the match. Obviously, Caden Caden gets that because of the mm. goal and the two assists and everything we've discussed. But I keep banging on about this in these chats. Do not underestimate how important Lee Evans is to this side. I know he's not the it's not the most exciting role in the team, but during that period where Ipswich had to ride out that storm. He was there to head off the line. He was there to sort of scrap away in midfield and give that bit of physicality. And he makes things tick on the ball as well. He played some delicious little first-time sort of deep curling deliveries into the box at times. Um, I think him and Morsi in midfield makes Ipswich a much, much better side. So, um, obviously, he's, he's been in and out recently with injuries and, and illness picked up a bit of a knock to the knee towards the end. So I'm really hopeful that that's nothing serious because um, I think he's an important player for Ipswich over this run-in. Hmm. Mike, obviously we've got to talk about your boy Joe Piggott. Another unexpected start. We've talked about people coming in from the cold and doing well. Um, what did you make of, of Joe on Saturday? Fair to say he, he maybe didn't take the opportunity with both hands? No, probably didn't take the opportunity with both hands. I think it's being fair. Um, his hold-up play was okay. 
Um, here's another guy who just needs confidence. If anyone needed a goal, <laughs> he needs a goal. Mm. If he, if any, I mean, hit the post. If anyone needs a, anyone needs a goal, Joe Piggott needs a goal. Um, yeah. I'd love to have seen him done a little bit more, but he was all over. He was, you, you sensed he was trying so hard, sometimes trying too hard and coming to get the ball and perhaps he'd just been best sitting off and let someone else get a little bit further down the track before he he, he, he came for it. But I mean, he, he's one of four strong attackers Ipswich Town have right now. And McKenna is determined, obviously, not to let anyone, you know, feel they've got that one wrapped up. Piggott will have loved to have done more. It's no good hiding from it. He'd love to have scored and he'd love to have had his name on the score sheet. Um, but he still he still does enough for me. A goal, a bit of confidence. Look, look what confidence has done to Jackson. You know, a, mm. a little bit of that. And <clears throat> so to me, he's part, if you, you know, McKenna talks about part of the project and stuff. I, I can't believe Piggott isn't a big part of that project. I'm sure he is. You know, um, yeah, just like to see him get a goal, really. But he would have been. I thought he did all right, actually. Yeah. And I, I came away and Andy wasn't. Andy wasn't that impressed, and we we normally on the same page, Andy and I. But he was sort of saying, still not sold on on Joe Pigger. I thought he was part of the team structure. I think he did what was asked of him. McKenna talked afterwards about not only did he want him to press the middle centre back, but he wanted him to drop in and do a job on Burton's deeper midfielder Shaughnessy as well, and and stuff like that probably goes unnoticed. It, it was a yeah. fighting performance from him. Mm. He put himself about. He's, <clears throat> He talked about the different qualities of, of the Ipswich Town strikers. He's their best back-to-goal striker. He's their best sort of link man. And I thought he did I thought he did bits and pieces of that all right and played his part, played his role within within the uh within the performance. But Caden Jackson's goal goes in in the first minute, and like you say, his shoulders go back, the confidence comes. Mm. If you know <clears throat> if Piggott's one goes just inside the post, then then maybe we'd have seen him go up go up another level. Who knows? I think I think the thing is with with strikers strikers are judged on goals primarily they shouldn't be because there's a lot more to their games than goals but whereas Bond started the season like a train scoring goals for fun and then you've got this little situation here just a small sort of side play that yeah on on Saturday there's Piggott and Jackson both sort of making their way back it you know getting chances and Jackson takes it with a plomb and it feels like Piggott didn't although as Stu Wright said he did lots of good things but just a goal would have been nice. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a good team performance, wasn't it? And I, I echo Stewie saying about Lee Evans, by the way. I thought he was absolutely excellent. Yeah. Um, Rossi, before we move on from this, a note for Town's defence, the back four. Um, we say it's getting nicely predictable now, but this is not something that has been predictable for Ipswich Town for a long time. That solidity at the back, I mean, obviously earlier in the season, they were conceding goals for fun or not for fun, as, as the case may be. Um, and in in uh, in Burton, that they come up against a side with a serious set piece threat. Um, how did, how do you feel they they handled that? Obviously, they didn't concede. Uh, Lee Evans with a tremendous goal line clearance. Um, you just feel like Town aren't going to concede at the time. I mean, it, it's so unusual to have that kind of stability in the back line and and four people playing so well together. Yeah. I... Christian Walton is the key man in that. He, he made mm. some really good saves during this game. Um, and, you know, and those set pieces, they had a long throw as well. Um, <clears throat> and used that in the first half when the weather was very bad. Um, any goal could have slipped in somewhere. But and as you said, Lee Evans, fantastic um, clearance on the line. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I can't see where a goal is going to come from, an you know, opposition team. Four clean sheets in a row. When's the last time we saw that? I think I saw a stat that was back in 2013. Mm. Um, I saw that on, on Twitter. And, you know, we, we've been used to, you know, seeing a lot of goals conceded. Under Paul Cook, every week we just went, yeah, there's going to be a goal conceded. But yeah. now under McKenna, that, that front that front four, uh, back four, sorry, are just solid. Um, Wolferden is thriving. Um, Emerson, the fridge, solid as a rock as always. Janoy, Mr. Consistent. And as I said, Walton made some really crucial saves. And um, yeah, I just can't see us conceding for a while. But uh, no, it's great to see. And I think that is the the foundations of a good team is keeping clean sheets. Mm. Defence wins championships, as your beloved American sports tell us, Stewie. Um, 
and I think well, I don't know what stays. It's seven clean sheets now in in ten games for seven in ten. Town. Yeah, yeah. Remar- remarkable, isn't it? Absolutely remarkable. And they they probably had their one little bit of luck in the first half where I think Shaughnessy glanced ahead of wide, where Walton. It was from one of those long throws that that Ross mentioned, and uh, Walton got stuck in a little bit of traffic and it's horrible wet conditions, and and he put that header wide. So sometimes you need just those little moments to go your way in in games, but you earn that luck, and Ipswich are certainly earning it at the moment. Wal- Walton. You know, we're almost saying it in a blasé way, fashion now that he's, he's coming up with these big saves at big moments. The one from the free kick, a really inventive sort of low free kick mm. around the wall and tried to sort of catch the goalkeeper out in the bottom corner. But Walton was there um, to make the save. And um, we, we've said enough about this back three at the moment, haven't we? Um, Wolfenden is just going from, from strength to strength. Best football that he's probably played in, in an Ipswich Town shirt um, with the new, well, the new, the return of the... Uh, the M&M haircut at the weekend, <laughs> the bleach blonde hair, and uh, Janoy Danassian, just Mr. Consistent, isn't he? Right up there in terms of player of the year shouts, he really is. Mm. Um, are there any other notes from this game, boys? Because I want to move on to talk a little bit wider about McKenna's first 10 games. Anything else you want to mention, Mike, Ross, about the game itself? Um I think, I, I must confess, I think I, I felt, it was, it was quite strange. I actually felt we were never going to lose this game. I know it's... You know, I actually never felt we were going to lose it. It's, and I've sat there at a few home games recently, and you know, the opposition have been a little bit on top at times. You think, oh, they're going to get one here, or they're going to whatever. And but I actually, it was the first time for a while. I just didn't didn't feel we were ever going to lose. I I, I don't know. It was you know, we won nil up for from very early on. It's still only one nil half time, but I just going to say I just didn't think didn't have in, in my head. Burton were going to score two goals. Didn't even remember they going to get one, which was lovely and. That, was that, my again, take that again is most on Ipswich Town like, though, isn't it? That yes. kind of feeling of, of of security and safety. Um, Rossi, you, you were going to say something there before Mike jumped all over you. Yes, that's fine. It's fine. <clears throat> God, Mark. Oh God, it has got me. It's got me this weather. Um, we've got to mention Wes Burns. You know, his ninth goal of the season. It wasn't his mm. best game. Um, he failed the knee slide there, but then I don't, you know, a bit of that. A... Yeah, I mean, that is one major kind of failure from the game, isn't it? We've seen that how the, the knee slide should be carried out. Lee Evans, perfect. Doncaster, similar conditions. Wes Burns, dreadful. One out of 10 for that. Hits, hits the, hits a bit of turf and just got face plants, doesn't he? Yeah. Needs to work he gets on that up, way. he composes himself <laughs> and he just, I just forget that happened. That didn't happen. And of course, everyone <laughs> celebrates, but um, a good finish from him. Of course, Caden Jackson, great, great ball to, to Wes Burns, but, uh, yeah, he'll always get mentioned Wes Burns because he always has good games. But yeah, it wasn't his best game, but he got another goal and that's good to see. We've got there's three different goal scorers, another thing, which mm. is good to see. We're not relying on one player. We're you know, Selena came off the bench, he made an impact, I thought, and he got his goal. Um, but no, good day all round in um bad conditions. And uh, yeah, town fans are very happy at the end. Uh, big shout out to um the Norwegian fans who are there. I think they're at the game on Tuesday night. And also a little shout out to some listeners, if that's right for you, Heathy. Mm. Um, some there's um, Sharon and Paul. They uh, they're in the director's box for the game. And when I was going down from the media suite, um, I heard Ross and Sharon came over and said, "Oh, sorry to disturb you. I just want to say we're me and my husband. Um, this is our first game for two years. Uh, we just wanted to say we're big fans of the pod. So um, Sharon and Paul, if you're listening, hope you're doing well. And there we go." Lovely. Welcome uh, on board to the, the Cowboy Army, oh. Sharon and Paul. Oh, one more. And, and also another guy who's, um, who sits in the, the what's what stand? Magnus stand, whatever it is. Um, Keith Berry, he's going to have him. Um, it's going to be his last game for a while because he's getting his hip replaced. So big shout out to Keith. It could be in hospital right now. So there we go. I hope it goes, hope it goes smoothly, Keith. Um, let's move on then from that. And it's great to, to have listeners um contacting us during games fantastic and please do keep bothering ross during games um 10 games in now stewie kieran mckenna has had 10 games the, the turnaround has been pretty remarkable it's got to be said i mean in terms of the form guide i'm just looking at it now town uh, a level in the last 10 games with bolton and rotherham um all with 22 points from those 10 games um and we've talked i, I kind of hit a little bit at the start there about things that we're kind of going through and ticking off that that Town haven't been doing, you know, killing games off, looking comfortable, not conceding goals, um, competing in big games. Um, I thought we could maybe have a little bit of a, a roundtable about what we've learned so far about about McKenna and about Town under McKenna in these ten games. Do you want to kick us off with 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 some thoughts? 
top of the tree for me would be how adaptable he is tactically, how he's taking every every game on its own merits, regardless of where they are in the table. It's not. Mm. It's all about us. It's what we do. Forget about the opposition. No, everyone in this division, whether it's Gillingham, Doncaster, Sheffield Wednesday, whoever, have their own game plan, and and I will I will analyze them and try and work out where where we can get at their weaknesses. And and we've seen that we've got the stable foundations of the back four, back eight, whatever's uh, mm. in place. But that front three, he's horses for courses, and he's picked not even just the personnel that's picked, but where subtly they they play as well. Caden Jackson was the the central striker at MK Dons to try and sort of stretch them, which then created space, sort of bigger gaps behind him for Chaplin and Selena to to fall on the ball. At the weekend, Jackson played again, but this time he played sort of more of a wide left role, which was to kind of run the channels a little bit more, and um, which is where some of the assists came from. So, mm. um, yeah, the, the the tactical adaptability would be the the first thing that sort of jumps off the page for me. This kind of bespoke game plan and, and ability to use the correct attributes for the correct games. Mm. Mike, I want to come to you as a coach because you can relate to this. Um, it, it's been a long time since we've really been talking about a coach who's come to Ipswich Town and has improved what he's already got. Um, obviously, we've talked there about Wolfenden and, and Jackson and, and players like that. That, again, is not something that we've seen at Ipswich Town for quite a while, where someone's come in and instead of, well, we've got to buy loads of new players sort of thing, um, just improve what you've got. And, uh, sometimes maybe that's a bit overlooked, isn't it, as, as a coach these days? Because there's so much money sloshing around in football. If you've got a, a weakness, you, you buy someone to fill it. But surely if you've got the players already there and you can improve them, that's a great thing that McKenna's doing, isn't it? Well, it's it's man management, isn't it? It's, it's mm. the old man management thing that people don't ever, people talk about a lot, but don't really follow it through. What McKenna has done, the biggest thing he's done in my eyes, is he's made a group of players feel they're all part of this. They're all part of this squad. It's a squad, not a team. Mm. I'm not putting out 11 players. I'm you, There's 16 of you, 18 of you. I mean, Chaplin and, you know, uh, Selena coming on, you know, with 20 minutes to go on Saturday, as Andy Warren looked at me and said, just said, this is just unfair, this is, bring on <laughs> yeah. subs like that. And it's absolutely right. But Chaplin, your position in the team is not guaranteed. Piggott, yours is not guaranteed. Bon, yours is not guaranteed. But you're all part of it. It's You're all part of this. That's what I like about it. He's brought tremendous man management to this squad. For mm. a young, for a young, for a very young manager, um, he's given confidence to people like Wolfenden and if you don't concede goals, that is a major thing. So you don't mess that situation. You don't change what, what's going on at the back. Going forward, though, has been Ipswich's problem. Not scoring. Not This front three has been a, a front four. It's been a bit of a, a mishmash all season, really, under Cook. He didn't, you know, people mm. were playing all over the place. He's just come in and said, look, you're all good enough. You're all good enough. Any of you could play here. So I'm just going to pick it on what I, I'm pick players on, on how I see each game. But you're all a big part of it. And I think that's what he's bought. He's bought a squad system real a really important squad system rather than a team system and so Piggott might play yesterday but he might well take someone like Macaulay Bond where's mm. Macaulay Bond been the last you know he's been in and out for, after such a hot start Cook was scared to ever drop him at the start and perhaps understandably so but I get a feeling McKenna if he'd been at the start even if Bond had scored four games on the trot if he felt he wanted to change something and drop Bond bring someone else he'd have done that because yeah he'd have made it into a squad and less of a team that's sorry, it's, it's about players having very clear roles. You you wouldn't have seen Kieran McKenna trying to sort of crowbar Scott Fraser in on, on yeah. the left side or just trying to get people. It's very clear that they are part of a of a defined game plan. And it's you before you'd see someone like Caden Jackson chucked into the team as an act of desperation, a team that's maybe not been scoring goals. Okay, well, no one else has scored, we'll chuck Caden Jackson in and he would have maybe a slightly off day and then get pulled out again. And that must be so deflating when you wait so long and then you get your one chance and you get pulled out. I think, you know, we've seen Jackson come into the team and then drop out of the team. We've seen Piggott come into the team and drop out. But I'd bet you that was a a far less bitter pill to swallow for those players because yeah. Kieran McKenna has pulled them to one side and said, I picked you for this specific game for mm. a reason. Whether you scored or whether you didn't, you did what I asked of you. And your another game that is specific for you is around the corner. And if you listen to, I remember it reminds me of the class of '92 documentary 
and the players all sat around talking about Sir Alex Ferguson and they said that he had a fantastic way of dropping you but making you feel really good about it. He'd come in and go, right, you're out the, you're out the game on uh, for the next three, um, but it's because I've got the perfect game for you coming up. Um, yeah. Champions League away at such and such place in, in three weeks' time. That's the game for you. That's got you written all over it, that has. And you'd go out, as they say, players, you'd go out of that, that office and think like, wow, you know, yeah, he's saving me. He's saving me for a big game, even though you've been dropped. And then and McKenna seems to have this sort of knack at the moment. And you can just see the body language between the pictures that we've got of him with the players at the end of the game afterwards. You know, there's, there's genuine warmth there with the arms around them and yeah. Um, it's really good to see. That shouldn't work, though, should it? That that kind of when we talk about players and confidence, in terms of confidence, players, the players at the top of the pitch, the forwards, the strikers, whatever you want to call them, they are more than anyone confidence players. So being in and out of a side and being dropped, like you say, Stu, shouldn't really work. They shouldn't then be able to come back into a side and and, and play well, um, because you know traditionally they you'd have your head down and you'd be thinking, well, no point, even if I perform well in this game, I might get dropped for the next game sort of thing. So kind of bucking that trend and having them all pulling in the same direction, which is what everyone we're talking to is saying. To a man, everyone is saying how much they're enjoying playing for McKenna. They feel like he's improving them, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, going back to the rotation, very similar to the KOA pod, isn't it, boys? Constant strength. Um, this is not the pod for you, but Thursday is what I want you to focus on. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, Rossi, you've watched all 10 games from, from pitch side. What, what have you liked about McKenna and what, what have you noted the difference-wise? Um, well, he's brought positivity back to this football club. I think town fans, of course, you know, the hope that kills you and all that jazz. Um, you've got to be a little bit cautious. Um, but just positivity again. Portland Road, it feels like a fortress again. Mm. Um, I feel like teams may fear going to, to the stadium before, you know, we, you know, Oldham and Barrow got draws there. Now I feel, you know, as, as Mike said, didn't feel like we we're going to lose the game on Saturday. Even if Burton pulled a goal back, we would have been still happy days, still going to win this game. Um, but no, that's what I like, that McKenna is making Portman Road a fortress again. Um, we've got momentum, baby, which we normally not what we normally have at this football club. Um, but just everything's positive about McKenna. I just like his interviews. Once again, big shout out to Stuart Andy for the pod last week. Just a lot of fans were just speaking about that continuously on the weekend because they just loved it so much. Um, but just all roads at the moment under McKenna. And as I, said, I watched him on, on the sidelines, watching him, you know, hugging all the players, even like, yes, yeah, Selena, Selena, who guaranteed really should be starting in League One. But he was, it was straight away to him at, at, at full time. We've got, you know, just while Steve Waller got a picture of him hugging him and stuff like that. I'm mm. sure Selena understands maybe this wasn't the game for him because the Burton are, are big boys. But um, no, we've got momentum, which is good to see. Mm. Hutchie obviously being rested today. He's been targeted at Thursday's pod. That's the pod for him. Um, Stewie, when you first spoke to McKenney when he came in, one of the standout lines from his presser, and I think we, we had it on the back page the next day, was, I want my teams to dominate games. And that was like, Whoa. that's like something that, that managers say and you think, yes, Um very rarely, though, does it actually come to fruition. But it's fair to say, under McKenna, that's exactly what they're doing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've had periods of domination in games. Um, I, I'm really excited about the direction of travel, but there just has to be a little note of caution that, you know, you said that they're winning big games. That I would say that's still a box to be ticked. I said, competing. Bolton, I said competing. I said competing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, MK Dons. As you know, I was positive about the MK Dons result, but at some stage, Ipswich have got to start winning those games. Mm. So you know that that's still a little box to be ticked there. Um, the rotation is working, and I'm I'm really pleased it is because that had the potential to backfire. I'd say at the weekend, I looked at that lineup and thought, oh, is today the day that if this doesn't work? The conversation could have been very different today. Had that game been a draw, had Burton scored in that period and had the game not finished in an Ipswich win, hmm. you know, all of a sudden it becomes, oh, he's the tinker man, he's rotating for the sake of it. What on earth is he doing playing Piggott and Jackson? Um, and of course, you know, that, that hasn't happened because of the performance of, of Jackson in particular. But we'd have been back to, you know, Lambert got absolutely hammered for, for squad rotation and trying to do that, those sort of things at the top end of the pitch. I guess the, the difference is he didn't have the same 
quality to rotate um, Paul Lambert when you, you're looking at his options with people like Drynan and Hawkins and people like that. But um, it's all moving in, in the right direction quite nicely. There will come a moment where there will be one result at some stage that will that will really sort of floor everybody and, and suck some of this positivity out of the air. And then it will be fascinating to see how McKenna, how Ipswich Town respond to that. But um, let's ride this sort of positivity bandwagon as, as long as we can at the moment. Because, um, yeah, Saturday was good, but uh, the games the games come thick and fast, don't they? They do. Spoken like a true football man there, Stewie. Um, first of all, how dare you? Quality, Aaron Drynan, not quality. Have you seen what he's doing in League Two, mate? Ripping it apart, ripping it a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say, d- while, but... well, yeah, but he's got enough already, hasn't he, for the season? He's, he's resting on his laurels now. Um, uh, in terms of dominating games, I wasn't. Uh, what I meant by dominating games, SGE, was possession-wise. If you look at the possession stats, um, Town generally are all over the possession. Um, but it is. Uh, <laughs> I don't yes. know what the possession was on on Saturday, but this didn't feel like some of the other games where it's which had kept the ball for really long periods and sort of sucked the life out of the game. This was more of a, a counter-attacking game. This is a very very different type of game. Burton, we've seen a lot of teams come to Portman Road and sort of park nine, ten men behind the ball and, and camp on the edge of their own box and frustrate Ipswich. And the Gillingham game was a prime example of, of that. Um, Burton left wide open spaces. As I say, they try and play in your half. They try and play on top of you, but it leaves some major gaps in behind. And um, maybe getting that early goal inside a minute sort of increased that as well. But um Ipswich were able to get in behind and exploit those gaps majorly. Even when the second goal went in, I was surprised that Burton sort of kept kept playing that way. To to their credit, they sort of kept kept chasing. But uh, every game is is different, um, and um, yeah, it's uh, so this this wasn't really a sort of possession game, was it? They were they didn't sort of keep the ball for long periods and pass it around. This was more of a, a rapid counter attack transition sort of game, and. Um, Credit to McKenna and the players for kind of executing that. Just looking at the stats now, Town had 57% possession. So they, they did kind of dominate possession. And it's generally been around 60, 65% possession-wise. 17 shots to 10 for Burton. Um, Mike, she, she makes a valid point there. Now, we're all about positivity on this podcast. Um, yes. But clearly, we don't want to be knee-jerk, anoint Kieran McKenna as the next Alex Ferguson too early, despite his great start. And you could argue, in, in terms of the, those 10 games that it's not exactly been the toughest start for Kieran McKenna. Um, the, the game's coming up. You look at March and you've got, you know, Oxford, Portsmouth, Plymouth, all those sorts of sides coming up in March. Um, is there an argument that, that McKenna is, is really doing what he should have done so far and, and the tests really are yet to come? Well, I obviously think we're going to get in the playoffs and win at Wembley. So, I mean, I don't think we can get less. I mean, uh, how we get, how we do it. Um, it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, if I don't care who, what happened. No, of course, seriously. Um, Stu is absolutely right. We lost at Bolton and we lost at Sheffield Wednesday. And you're going to have to start winning some of them games. Think places north of the Watford Gap. You're going to start winning some of these games and places up and teams up high. And you're right. There's some, there's some, there's some big games to come. And... Um, my learned friend, Mr. Watson, who obviously you know I have a great admiration for, he's he's absolutely spot on. We need to win some of these bigger games. Um, Has he done what we hoped he'd do? I think he's done, I think he's, yeah, he's done what we, looking at the list of teams we've beaten, et cetera, but that's not the point, really. I just think, um, I think he's done excellent since he's come in. Um, There is a tough month coming out, coming up, you know, a couple more games, there's there's a tough month ahead. Um, But no, I, I think... I I don't know. By the time we get to some of these games, we're really bedded in, and it'll be really interesting to see how we attack the likes of what have we got: Wigan, Plymouth, um, Wickham. You know how we attack those teams. It's going to be really interesting what what McKenna does. It's, yeah, it's the three games at the end of March that will make or break this. Um, if they can get through these next three, Cheltenham at home, Morecambe and Fleetwood away, yep. with you know to at least two wins out out of those, keep this keep things ticking over. It's Lincoln at home. Portsmouth, sorry. Portsmouth next, four, next four games. It's, it's there's yeah. three at the end of March. Portsmouth, Oxford, Plymouth, all in a row. That that will tell us. Yeah. That will tell us truly how how big a progress is. But in no way, shape, or form, do not underestimate seven wins in ten. No matter who it's against, how it's come, that's a remarkable return. That's as many they've won as many games under McKenna in the league 
as they had before he arrived under Cook slash McGrill. That's um, that's Stat. remarkable. Hmm. And Easter looks tasty as well, doesn't it? Just looking ahead, Rotherham away on Good Friday, and then Wigan at home on Easter Monday. Yeah, there's there's some big games, uh, Mike. In terms of you, you say their admiration for Stewie, that's not what you say to me when uh, when Stewie's not around. You change your no. tune there. No, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, obviously, you, you know, I mean, I do rather go with uh, go with whoever's on the pod. I mean, Hutchie, yeah. for instance, you know, complete nightmare. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I sat next to him on Saturday. Um, I mean, he was eating this huge, great donut at half time that he he didn't he refused to even give me a little nibble of. And some of the stuff he comes out is ridiculous. But it's not for me to say because we all like him, you know, and he's a, he's a good lad. Um, but I say as I see it, I'm afraid. Ego on Hutchie, unbelievable. Um Siri, any other notes from 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 McKenna's first ten games? We've, we've been positive, we've been cautiously negative, and then we've been positive again. Uh, anything else you want to you want to mention before we move on? No, I think we've talked a lot about sort of his demeanour and and uh, and everything. As I've talked about the tactical adaptability, the man management. Um, yeah, I'm 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 cautiously excited and optimistic about what's ahead. But I've watched enough of Ipswich Town over the last. 10, 15 years to know that uh, there's always a there's always a blow, a, a disappointment around the corner. So you you, tr- you try not to invest and give yourself everything to it. Um, but this this does feel whatever happens this season, it does feel like things are are moving in the right direction again, doesn't it? Yeah, you're always waiting for the sting in the tail, aren't you, a town? Something to go wrong somewhere. Maybe just maybe after years of something always going wrong, it's not going to happen this time. Maybe this is the year, boys. Maybe, hmm. maybe. Um, well, something well, else. Well, well, I think it is, and, and and I don't really. I think it is. I think we'll all be there, you know. And um, I've already, I've already. No one's taken that weekend off, are they? The League One playoff final. Um, and, well, if you have booked it off, Ross, which you probably have, you probably booked a big weekend <laughs> in Milan or something. But um, you know, you better better unbook it, my friend, because uh, you know we could. And also, I'd just like to say, um, love Stu and Andy's interview with McKenna. Of course, everybody, we all love that. And of course, the work. Um, he's looking for a house in Woodbridge, or he mentioned Woodbridge and send. But I mean, Roy Keane lived. It was a thing about Woodbridge. Um, I mean, Keno could help him out with that because he lived at Woodbridge. Um, I mean, you could. There's there's lots of other nice places, you know, that you can live in. I mean, look at out your way, Heath. It's a nice, nice big mansions, isn't it? The Jewel in the Crown, very St Edmunds, Jewel in the Crown of yeah, Suffolk. Some very nice villages around here. Um, I love Woodbridge. Don't get me wrong. I just it's just I just find it interesting. Absolutely. Uh, if it was me moving to Suffolk, I'd be I'd be living South Wold Warberswick sort of way, not Oldborough, but that that kind of <laughs> that kind of area. Stress not Oldborough. Um, not there's anything wrong with Oldborough. It's just not my sort of place. Uh, boys, in terms of excitement, um, before we move on to Cheltenham, something very exciting happened this morning. Made my Monday morning. I woke to news that Masters football or Masters, as you would say around here, Masters football is back. Um, the highlight of my of my kind of mid to late teens, early twenties. Masters football not been around for years. Um, if you've not seen it before, it was on Sky Sports. Basically, veteran players, forty plus players. Um, usually shown around Christmas, playing in these five-a-side arenas with blue plastic kind of pitches. It was brilliant. A highlight of, of Christmas for me, usually every year. That I says about my Christmases. Um, and I thought it'd be fun, Mike. I'm going to come to you first because you're of a certain vintage, shall we say. More, Thank you. More experienced than the rest of us, I often, I often say. Um, to have a go at picking out it's which town master's side. So five players over the age of 40. Um, how would you cook up that particular broth? You got any players to come to mind? Well, I certainly have. Yes, um, I mean, I would certainly. Yes, who could I have in my Masters team over forty? I mean, I, I, bless old Wrighty, Richard Wrighty. I haven't spoken to him yeah. lately. I, don't, I assume he's over forty. I'll have to give him a quick text he, before, yeah, I, before I put him in there. Yeah. I think Wrighty's over forty. I might have. I mean, Super Cooper, Paul Cooper. Um, of course, <laughs> I'd have. I'd have Super Coops in there. So, so I've got choice of goalies really um, from Fantastic. I mean, you know, George Burley. He still got it, mate. I tell you, he would be an excellent Masters player, George. Fantastic player he'd be. Um, you got to have Butch in, haven't you? I mean, Butch. I mean, he would. He's going to clatter everything in sight in, in a Masters in such a just a small area. You can take every take two or three in one go. I'd have Butch in there. Fantastic Butch. Russell Osman, very good footballer. Very good. He'd he'd love that. He'd love that sort of um that sort of element. You're putting um, your faith in. You're putting your faith in age here, my friend. So, well, so I am. I don't. Got, I don't care. You're going. You're going. Eighties golden era, aren't you? You've got Burley. You've got Butcher. You've got Osman. Who else are you pulling in? Walkie. Yes. Well, what's yeah. so funny about that? Yes, I'd have Walkies. 
He scored 100 goals in the 1981 season, my friend, for you lot are even born. So that's <laughs> I'm, not, me. I'm not disputing that John Walker is a great player. I'm just not sure. I don't know if you've ever watched Masters football, but the teams that do well tend to be those skewed towards more the younger um, well, I'm, not, players. I'm not just picking players who are 41 just because <laughs> they can't be younger. Quality, qual- you can't, quality over age, Mike. You can't, you can't get rid okay. of quality. So Class is permanent, yeah. And and who would I? Well, I don't really. Let me let me go. Yes, I'm trying to think. I'd have. Um, I suppose you, I could get Alan, Alan Brazil off Talk Sports. See if he oh come, come on, no Brazil. way. Well, you like Brazil was one of the best finishers Ipswich Town ever had. I mean, well, I don't care if you. I'm not interested how old he is. Um, you could have him. Yes, he'd slide a few in. But if if I'm not going for Alan Brazil, I would possibly. Uh, I don't. Oh, I don't know. No, Ben is, is Benny over forty. Yeah. He must is be, he? isn't he? Is Darren Bentley? Don't know. Don't know he's he is. is he? Yeah, uh, you see, he's on the. He's, he'd be on the yeah. bench for a couple of years. But I mean, yeah. um, yeah. So that that'd be roughly my team. Yes, very much, very nineteen eighties. Yes, it is Heathy, very nineteen eighties. But there's a lot of quality in that side. So mm. you know, that's where I'd be at. I mean, Alan Brazil, obviously, on in his day, a yes. fantastic finisher. I'm not sure now, uh, <laughs> Masters football, maybe whack him in goal. Um, Stewie. Give it. Give us some alternative names to the, the slightly so more. Are we doing this as kind of like a fantasy? <laughs> they got to play like now. So, like you say, Alan Brazil. Are we talking Alan Brazil now, or are we talking like? Alan well, no, no, Brazil? It's not, no, no. It's, it's Masters football. We, we want to okay. keep it reality. I mean, it, okay. It, otherwise, it'd be pointless question, wouldn't it? Because you just well, go. I guess yeah, what sort of era are we guys. talking then? If we're talking guys between, I, I tell you, of that sort of halcyon days, John Walk would still put his boots on now. Um. I'm told a little birdie tells me that he, the, the the players' dinner that they went to recently, which um, <clears throat> I think John was part of, but it fell on the same night that he still plays football on a Thursday night. He still plays five aside, seven aside. John Walk, he's uh, he was still playing eleven aside. I think well into his sort of forties, fifties. So I, I bet you'd still get a few minutes out of Walkie. Um, <clears throat> then we're probably looking more at that sort of nineties. Naughties here, aren't we? Kieran Dyer, Titus Bramble, um, Carlos Edwards, Darren Ambrose. He's got a rocket of a shot on him, isn't he? Everyone loves him. Masters as well. Now, are these all two a bit young, are they still? You got to have. I mean, you got to have Matt Holland. Surely, if you're looking for a midfield general in this sort of scenario, I don't know how Matt Holland is. He looks like he's still about 25. Um, but I'm, I'm having Matt Holland in my side all day long. Definitely Kieran Dyer as well. He's 40 plus, surely. Um, Darren Bent, bit of a blow there that he's uh, he's not actually old enough to qualify. Um, I don't know. I'd stick up top in that case. Um, keep going, Stewie. Keep giving us names. Oh, Rossi, you've got some some names to throw in, have you? You've done some I've research. Got my, I've got my team. I've done my research. I'll let Stu continue. I've got okay. My team. No, no. Go, go on. Okay. I'm not actually going to have a goalkeeper. Goalkeeper. I'm put. I'm putting Richard Naylor in goal because I think okay. he can play. He he played up front, played centre back during his time. He did. And I feel he could do a job in goal. Yeah. I don't think you need a goalie, really. He, he can just come out as a sweeper. Um, I'm having Fabian Wilness in my team. Mm. I like Fabian. I love Fab. Um, of course, Matty Holland is in all my teams. I love Matty Holland. Pablo Canago is getting in this team. Yes. What What a man. What a player. Um, how many is that? Is that three? That's four. That's four. That's four. And the final man is Darren Curry. Ah, Curry. Good old Darren Curry. How old's Darren? And, um, he is. I have got up here somewhere. He is forty-seven. So oh, sure perfect. We can still. And, Darren, uh, Darren Curry's strengths were kind of crossing, weren't they? I don't know how well suited that is to to indoor masters. Step overs, step overs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Free free kicks are quite a big thing, aren't they? In masters football. So. Yeah, I've got yeah. a great, I've got a great, um, great heading for you for Darren Curry. He once, um, when he he scored the winning goal for Ipswich against QPR back in the about nineteen ninety eight, I think it was something like that. And the headline on the front page of the Green was Curry stings the R's. <laughs> and that's uh, his debut, I think. I got a bit of trouble for that, um, as for for being flippant, as as I was described, being flippant with with my language. But I mean, what it was, I thought it was, <laughs> it was a good heading. Uh, I, I don't know what score was, I think, but I know he scored and we won. I don't get it. Well, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we'd get away with that now, Mike. Let me let me just say that. No. Well, um, there you go. That's that was the heading then. That was that seemed to go well. I might find it and put it up here in a minute. <laughs> I have another name. Yeah. If you want, Alan Lee. Oh yes, yes he'd do well. Alan Lee, he'd do well. Kunago would be perfect, wouldn't he? When he, he's sort of back back to goal, he's got uh, he's uh, 
I think he'd be great for for Masters. Can, can we have Giovanni De Santos as well? It's a bit of a, yeah, a loose young, a loose one, four, mate. Still young, is he? Okay. Yeah. What about Big Shefki? Uh, no. <laughs> just no. <laughs> just just he, no. He'd run. I'd like to see him do the swan dive on plastic. Yeah. Uh, I like the one here. Tommy Miller. Tommy Miller. Uh, yeah. If it went to Penns. I think we've got the making of a good side there. I think if Town are going to win the Masters, I think we can we can we can anoint them now, boys. Um, quite quite a few of those guys that I mentioned still play or have up until fairly recently all been playing Sunday League football in Ipswich. Um, Dyer, Bramble, Edwards are all they all play for the same team. The same team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Witten, so Witten Vets. Um, yeah, I think it's one thing picking players stylistically. We might need to, to sort of run a bit of a fitness check on some of these guys. I bet some have kept themselves in. In better shape than others. I'll tell you what, Canago wouldn't get past Butcher very quickly. <laughs> say that right now. Well, he might try. I mean, I suppose a smaller pitch. Um, yes, yeah, exactly. Less, less space to get away. Butcher would do some serious damage on that sort of pitch. Let's see it. Um, we are going to see it. Hopefully, Town will enter a side. We have to find out, actually, boys, if, if they are going to enter a side uh, and when it's going to happen, because that'd be tremendous. Um, should we move on then? Uh, we've done Masters football. We've done McKenna's 10, first 10 games. We've done the win over Burton, which moves smoothly on to the game against Cheltenham tomorrow night. Stewie, tee it up for us. Um, another game on paper you'd say Town should win, need to win, uh, but Cheltenham actually in, in surprisingly good form. Yeah, I need to win, yes, should win. I think they've only lost one in their last nine, Cheltenham. They had a remarkable 5-5 draw at Wickham at the weekend. They beat Sunderland uh, less than a fortnight ago. They've drawn against Wigan. They've drawn against Oxford during that run. So this is no this is no gimme um, against Cheltenham. They're, yes, they're 15th in the league, but um, they're, they're doing remarkably well since they've come in, into League One. They obviously won League Two with, a with I think, 80-plus points last year and have looked like they're going to uh, look like they're going to stay in League One this time around. They've got Alfie May up front in fine form. He got four goals at the weekend. He's got eight in four. Uh, proper big man, little man strike partnership. May's the, the guy who's sort of snaffling the goals, but Keon and Tete is six foot six uh, striker. He's, he's a good foil for him. He seems to be sort of uh, laying on the assist. He's on loan from Tottenham. So, um, yeah, another tough, tough test for Ipswich. Um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what, what McKenna's game plan is for this one. Mm, you know he's got a bespoke game plan for pretty much every side. I'd love to know how far in advance he's got that game plan as well. Because as you, as you talked earlier to you about pointing players at games, I, I just I'd love to know in terms of his diary. How, well, he was far... very he was very clear after uh, going into the game at the weekend that I've, I'm not looking at these two as a pair. Where everyone was talking about sort of a Saturday Tuesday home games, and you know I'm not looking at these two as a pair. I'm not getting far ahead. Um, and then after the game on on Saturday, uh, you know we brought up. Have you seen the Cheltenham result? And he said, yeah, 5-5, five, five. that's going to make, I've got plenty of footage to go through tomorrow sort of thing. So um, mm. I'm sure he's had, you know, I'm sure he's given it some thought, but I reckon that, you know, it was probably Sunday when he when he really started getting in, in depth on Cheltenham. And they haven't got a, a big sort of window. They had a whole week to build up to Burton and come up with a game plan. They're, you know, there's going to be, need to be a bit of rest and recovery as well. So there's not going to be as much time to uh, to come up with something for this one. Can I also say, it's just reminding me actually, in terms of preparedness, another quote from McKenna that, that caught my eye over the, before the weekend, I think it was, about the weather and and getting weather reports um, as to what the weather might be doing come game time and, and what how that might affect the pitch. Yeah, and so it's not something he's had to think of at sort of yeah. elite level. Premier League games are played in, in big stadiums that are sort of sheltered bowls and wind has never really in effect but he said that's something that he's he's adapting to in league one and um i'll give you another little insight actually and this wasn't uh this was before the, the mics were recording uh, after the game on saturday but he came in and talked about the they had to bring the right side of the pitch at portman road in by about a foot because of how muddy it had got in those conditions and you know how that sort of he was really dis you know he was annoyed about that because every yard makes a difference and he wants the pitch to be big and especially on that right side with Wes Burns being sort of his outlet and his pace you know um those are the sort of details he's talking about using a losing a yard of of pitch down the right hand side that's fantastic isn't it i mean it, it's it, 
the term is marginal gains, isn't it? Which Sky, the Sky Cycling team brought in. Um, and that's what, again, I get the feeling that we're getting with McKenna. Every little detail, no detail is too small. I mean, with Sky, they used to bring in their own beds and pillows for the, the cyclists to sleep on because that extra kind of 10, 15 minutes of quality sleep a night was, you know, going to be important, all adds up in terms of performance. Um, Mike, in terms of the team for Cheltenham, and I should mention that one defeat in nine, I think the only that only defeat was to Rotherham, who obviously are um, right up there. So yeah, no one disgrace nil as there. well. One Narrowed. nil, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, the back eight, we've said, is pretty much set in stone now, as long as Evans, uh, that knee injury isn't, isn't too solid. So we know he's likely to, to rotate up top. What, what would you do with that, that front three, Mike? I would bring in, I mean, I'd just like to say, by the way, I think any team that draws 5-5 five, five must be awfully difficult to sort of try and prepare yourself for the next <laughs> game. I mean, is their defence crap or is their attack like, unbelievable or were Wickham's, I mean, is Wickham's defence hopeless or, I mean, what earth went on? 5-5. Five, five. I mean, and, and I think they're 3-1 down, Cheltenham, and oh God, I mean, how on earth do you, you know, how do you prepare for a team that, that, that can play those sort of fixtures? Um, I would personally, be, what my biggest fascination is going to be tomorrow night is does Jackson start? Mm. Now, that's going to be my biggest fascination. Um, personally, I think he should. Um, who do you play alongside him? I don't think he'll play Piggott. I think he'll play Bond, personally, tomorrow night. That would be my, that's who I think he'll play. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if Chaplin starts um, tomorrow night. But he, he's going to keep you guessing, isn't he? I mean, who 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 on earth? I mean, again, with you know, I think Andy, again, I'll, I'll take, you know, talk about Andy. Andy, um, obviously, he's not here, so I can say what I like about him, which is which is nice. But no, but in a, on Saturday, I mean, as he rightly tweeted, how do you start picking this team? I've, I've given up trying to guess because you mm. just don't really know. Personally, I'll be fascinated to see if Jackson starts, and I hope he does, because I think he deserves to. Um, I, will, I would pick Bond, personally, for this game mm. uh, and possibly bring Chaplin. Would I bring Selena in? Maybe as well, yeah. Um, How's that working though? If you've got are you playing Jackson and Bond as a front two, then or well, you played Jack. I played Jackson wide, like did second half, I think, probably. Yeah. Uh, particularly, he's played particularly, he played left down the left second half. Well, he played, he played wide most of the game before he going before going into the middle. I'd have mm. Jackson as a wide player, and I'd probably have Chaplin in behind there. Where I place, um, yeah, I mean, that'd be my they'd be my people. I'd bring, I'd bring Bond and Chaplin in, and I'd okay. be interested to see if he's going to play Jackson again. Okay, I won't ask Ross about this because you know he doesn't care about lineups. Um, oh, clearly, Stewie. Carry, carry on. Yeah, go on. I was going to say, if if there was a feeling that Jackson wasn't suited to the opposition, I don't think McKenna would have any hesitation in taking him out as well as he played Saturday. Yeah. But I think he is suited to this game. If you look at some of the goals that Cheltenham have conceded, they look very vulnerable to a to a high press. If a, you know they can, uh, people will remember Cheltenham from the reverse fixture, and it was those big Ben Tozer long throws into the box that Ipswich eventually succumbed to. He's gone now. He's gone to Wrexham. They play a bit, Cheltenham. They mix it up, um, but they, they do like to try and play out from the back. And I think that high press is going to be key. And I think Jackson is is the, the key man to that. So he he goes again, but I, I think he'll mix it up again with that with that front three. Did Piggott do enough on Saturday? Is he suited to this, this opposition? Not so sure. I think it will be back to Jackson with Selena and Chaplin in behind. Chaplin to give that high press energy, that goal threat. And I think um, Selena um, can provide that moment of magic, whether it be a through ball, a cross. They look vulnerable down that side, that sort of that, that right hand side of Cheltenham. So Selena, maybe Selena and Jackson sort of interchanging, sort of Jackson running the channel out to the left, which allows Selena to kind of drift into into the middle pockets a little bit more um we'll we'll see you know what's gonna happen don't you 6 45 tomorrow night tyree simpson up front. <laughs> <laughs> right let's do predictions then rossi i'll come i'll start with you because we know you don't care about lineups you care about scores though um what's gonna happen tomorrow night um yeah five five chat <laughs> uh i don't that's not gonna happen i thought you were um, gonna I, say five five then no 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 um I did watch that game back just before we came on the pod, and yeah, Wickham's defence—we we already know they're they're a bit bad because we we scored four against them um, when we played them at Adams Park. But um, I want to go two 0 I think two 0 was a, a fair result. I think um, I'm look out for Alfie May because he scored four goals in that game, mm. um, so he's a player to look out for. He's um, he's had a really good season for Cheltenham, 18 goals in all comps this this season. Um, but two 0 I think it's going to be a fair score line. Um, and have a clean sheet because we're not conceding a goal ever again until probably 
Took tomorrow. They all can see, maybe. Sorry, there's a rock at the back, mate. Uh, Mike, what are you saying? Four-one. Uh, yeah, and we'll concede a goal because I'm getting fed up of us talking about not ever conceding a goal ever again for the rest of the season. It's an absolutely ridiculous thing to talk about because, of course, we're going to, and we talk about it as though we're going to. We won't concede any goals in the playoff final, mind you, because um, we're going to win that three 0 and that'll be a comfortable one. But leading up to it, we are going to concede goals again. Um, we mustn't think we're never going to concede a goal ever, and um, it will be, um, I don't know, their goal will score in the last minute or something with a penalty. We'll be four 0 up, and he'll come up and make it four one. Um, and that's it, really. So we'll win if, if we we'll win comfortably. Um, yeah, four one, two nil, four one. A slightly, uh, I'm not sure that was how serious that four one is. But Stewie, give us give us a serious prediction. Oh, um, head says it might be one one. It might be oh, a draw, oh, and then we'll dear. have to get our head around that. But Hart says the Ipswich quality will come through, and they'll win two one. So I'll I'll say two one. I'll go with that. I'll go with two Hart. One. Okay, we've got 2 1. Uh, was it 2 0, 4 1? Um, and Hutchie actually, breaking news, has literally just sent me a message saying, Can you put another 50k of my cash on Morsey to score tomorrow, please? He's obviously persisting with that. He says it returns 350k. It's coming, um, it's coming. He had a big chance of getting close, weekend. isn't it? Getting close. Um, right then, boys, that brings us to the end of, of the podcast this week. Before we before we go, I, I must check, and it's bereft of me, not bereft of me, it's, it's not good of me to uh, to ask you <clears throat> as, as a manager. Um, how you've all come through the storms. Um, Stewie, I know you've had a, a casualty. Um, your fence has gone. My my back fence looking decidedly ropey, a bit like a, a Paul Cook performance earlier in the season. Um, Stewie, that's going to cost you, isn't it? Sorry, I just sniggered at you saying your back fence is decidedly <laughs> ropey. It's pathetic. Child. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gone. I'm just looking out my window now. Um yeah, I was out there with an axe and a and a saw and a drill yesterday, sort of getting the remnants of that uh, taken down. So, um, but yeah, are you, that all good. Are you fenceless now then? I'm yeah, fenceless. That's going to cost you, mate. I'll tell you what, the, the fences, they're going to be in, in, in high demand. That's the trade to be in at the moment. Absolutely, roofers or fences. Mike, we know you live in a mansion surrounded by high security walls, etc. I assume that all of your... Um, infrastructure is still standing. It is. Um, I had all my tradesmen over yesterday morning to fix it all. Um, I gave them the, I've got a button I press if I want immediate assistance. Um, <laughs> I had a little trial of the conservatory um, because, um, well, it's, it's quite a big conservatory, as you, I'm sure you imagine. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a little bit of flapping of the old plastic on top of there was uh, was was soon rectified. And uh, no, everything else was fine. Um, one of my, two of my, well, the third of my large oak trees uh, <laughs> lost a quite a few branches uh, but again i've got um, i've got the uh, my friend around the corner it will be coming in this afternoon and and the well the the, the swing pool cover blew off but um, oh. but uh, that's how i found that that was in next door's garden so that's all been put back together you know that button you press if you want immediate assistance that's more for your age isn't it if you have a <laughs> you have a fall <laughs> fall down the stairs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if i have a trip yeah, so well, that's there, there as well. It's just around, the, just, just up here, it is somewhere. Just feel. Just yeah, you can't, you can't just keep pressing it, Mike, just because your fence has come down. Um, Rossi, you, any damage to to Casa del Roscoe? No, I just put my bins in the garage because I was worried they were going to fly away somewhere. So before they it got bad, you know, Eunice, uh, I put them in the garage. So okay, we've come. We've come to tell the kids when you're older. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the great well, I survived storm. storm Eunice. I had to put my wheelie bins in the garage. It's quite frightening. The great storm of 2022. Um, obviously, the great storm of 2022 is Kieran McKenna's Ipswich Town, as it stands, boys, blowing through opposition like a storm. Hopefully, they'll do that again tomorrow night. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Um, usual reminders, please, to support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all the excellent stuff there. And follow us across social media, especially YouTube. We're really trying to build YouTube at the moment. So Kings of Bangor on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And also leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you can, because it helps people discover us visibility-wise in the charts. Ipswich Town, go again tomorrow night, as we will do later on this week. Hope you have a great start to the week. Enjoy the game if you're going, and we will speak to you next time. Crime to football, Brexit to postal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
Brexit to Bovenal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.